0: Day number 82. 82. At hour two, Sean Hannity show eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Uh, so uh, the great flip flop. Uh, I got pretty much everything wrong. Fauci uh, was before the Senate earlier again today, and there were a few great moments with Senator Rand Paul. Uh, once again, calling out Fauci, telling Fauci that his research could endanger civilization. Remember, he said in 2012, he said this, even if it were to cause a worldwide pandemic, he would still support gain of function research. Uh, so anyway, Senator Paul called him out on all of that, that it would endanger civilization as we know it. Uh, then Rand Paul told Fauci that you you changed the definition of gain of function research to cover your ass. I love that moment. And then finally, he called for Fauci to resign for not telling the truth and admitting gain of function research is dangerous. Listen,
1: your persistent denials, though, are not simply a stain on your reputation, but are a clear and present danger to the country and to the world. As Professor Kevin Esfeld of MIT has written gain of function research looks like a gamble that civilization can't afford to risk. And yet here we are again with you steadfast in your denials. Why does it matter? Because gain-of-function research with laboratory-created viruses not found in nature could cause a pandemic even worse the next time. We're suffering today from one that has a mortality of approximately 1%. They're experimenting with viruses that have mortalities of between 15 and 50%. Yes, our civilization could be at risk from one of these viruses. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with known pandemic-causing viruses are incredibly risky. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with coronaviruses that have as much as 50% mortality could endanger civilization as we know it. And here you sit, unwilling to accept any responsibility for the current pandemic and unwilling to take any steps to prevent gain-of-function research from possibly unleashing an even more deadly virus. And guidelines... So what you're doing is defining a way gain of function. You're simply saying it doesn't exist because you changed the definition on the NIH website. This is terrible, and you're you're completely trying to escape the idea that we should do something about trying to prevent a pandemic from leaking from a lab. There's the preponderance of evidence now points towards this coming from the lab. And what you've done is changed the definition right. on your website to try to cover your ass, basically. And then on January of
0: 2017, the Office of Science and Technology Policy of the White House issued... The current policy. And coincidentally, I, I have coincidentally, the
1: definition appeared definition on the same day the NIH said that, yes, there was a gain of function in Wuhan, the same day the definition appeared, the new definition, to try to define away what's going on in Wuhan. Until you accept it, until you expect, accept responsibility, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit well. that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign.
0: All right, Senator Rand Paul is With us now from the great state of Kentucky, by the way, I was like ready to pull out the popcorn, pop open a beer and (laughs) cheer you on because it was it was it was an amazing moment. And and it's so obvious you have totally exposed this guy and he can't handle it. He does not know how to handle you.
2: Well, the real danger is is that this could happen again, and it could be worse. I mean, COVID has turned us upside down, and it had a 1% mortality. What if the next lab leak has a 15 or a 50% mortality? We know the Chinese have experimented with viruses that have a 50% mortality, merging them together with unknowns. Fauci's position is, well, we don't know what will happen. If we don't know it's going to increase in lethality or dangerousness, then it's not gain of function. It's like, well, the experiment is to determine whether or not merging these iris make more dangerous at least some of the time it's going to be more dangerous and if you don't know that in advance it still doesn't make it a gain of function experiment so then they go on the website they just get rid of gain of function down the memory hole no more gain of function definition on the nih website so he is covering up and he wants to absolve himself of the responsibility for this pandemic
0: all right, let me let me go back here. Now, we have the Fauci emails that showed that he first got wind of and was told directly that it looked like the virus, the COVID-19 had been manipulated. One of the genomes had been manipulated by a human. Uh, then we have the flurry of emails where he's he's going back and forth with with other officials at the NIH wondering if they funded this. Then you have the 900 pages from The Intercept. And then you have the more recently revealed documents, which I felt and read as a slam dunk. uh, You did this. Why won't you admit it? And the question is, is there any doubt now at all in your mind? One, that Fauci knew that gain of function research was happening on coronaviruses in that virology lab and that he knew that American taxpayer dollars were going to fund it.
2: Without a doubt, he knew then and he knows it now, and so he is not telling the truth. He knew immediately because when when he first gets his email on January 31st of last year, he's scrambling until 2 or 3 in the morning. This guy's been in charge of a government agency for 40 years. He's at the top of the hill. You know, he is uh, in charge of everything up here. He is worried that, man, I'm in for a, a world of hurt here when they discover that I have funded research over there and that it looks like this, this virus could have escaped the lab. The most important meeting has been uh, covered up, though, and blanked out and redacted. So within a day or two of that, there's a big meeting. And the first impression of, like, five or six of his best scientific buddies is that, wow, this looks like it's gain-of-function research. But within a week, they all changed their minds. And so what we'd like to do is see what the conversation was like. And we've asked for that, and never redacted it. But the, the people deserve to know if he knew about this and was covering it up.
0: Well, I mean, this this now is fairly evident. And, and on top of all of this, it would be one of the biggest cover-ups ever. Because now what we're talking about, using NIH money through a third-party group, what's it called, The the Eco-Health. Eco-Alliance or whatever they call that group. Eco-Health Alliance, I think is the name of it. So they funnel money to this group. It's sent to a virology lab in Wuhan, China. Now, pause right there. Why would one American tax dollar ever under any circumstances ever go to a virology lab in Wuhan in China where we know they study coronavirus and we knew that they were involved in gain of function research?
2: Well, even objective scientists who are not partisan, there's this MIT professor by the name of Kevin Esfeld, he wrote in the Washington Post that sharing this information with the Chinese is like sharing with them the recipe for a plague, or for a series of plagues. It's that bad, it's that serious. And yes, the Chinese are our adversaries. We wouldn't want to, we would not share nuclear secrets with them. Why would we share secrets with them that could cause or create a virus that could devastate the, the entire world? So no, they're not trustworthy and they sh- it never should have been shared. But see, Fauci hasn't even learned that lesson. Even with all this grief we're giving him, he was asked a couple weeks ago by John Kennedy, do you trust the Chinese? And he said, yes. Would you continue to fund it? And he said, yes. And today I pointed out that he approved just last August, after all this was coming forward, and the pandemic was in full swing, he, he approved another five-year grant for EcoHealth Alliance in Rulon. So he, he hasn't learned anything from this.
0: I, I guess my question is: is that he's been put on this pedestal, and I don't think there's been any one person that has been more wrong than him on pretty much every aspect of this. Um, you know, a guy that said, for example, that oh, we'll we'll never get to a point where we're ma- mandating the vaccine, while well, they're mandating it. Um, I, I would assume that it's probably not far away. Uh, I understand one city in in California is already mandating kids five to eleven get vaccinated. Senator, we've only lost a hundred. And it, by the way, every child is precious. You know, they're they're gifts from heaven. We lost one hundred and sixty-two kids five to 11 to coronavirus, almost the exact same number die from the flu. My question is, why would we then vaccinate when it's not impacting this particular demographic the way it is older people? We've lost worldwide now over five million people, nearly a million people in the U.S. And my question is, why would they do this?
2: So the main argument from Fauci about why we have to vaccinate kids is he says not enough adults are vaccinated, but that's only true if you don't count the people who got the disease naturally. 90% of people over 65 have voluntarily gotten vaccinated, so it's not really true that we've had trouble. 90% is a big number. 90% of those over 65 got vaccinated, but over 100 million people in America got the disease naturally, and basically that's as good as a vaccine. The Israeli study says it might be better than a vaccine, but it's at least as good as a vaccine. if you don't count well that, do you, let me go back to the sourcere study
0: I think I, you need to put more emphasis on this that and it's not been peer-reviewed yet but the number of people that they're they're looking at is extensive almost 800,000 people and their early results show 27% more effective natural immunity is over for example the vaccine. Uh, that would be a game changer. That would be following the science, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, and they don't want that to get out. And it's not that he doesn't know this. This is where he becomes sort of more dishonest. He knows all those facts. He knows that the darn good study out of Israel, but he's hell-bent on vaccinating everybody. He doesn't care about your individual liberty. He actually doesn't care if your kid gets a side effect from the vaccine because your kid's already had COVID. He, He cares more about the collective, and he's made the collective judgment that the beehive it's simple and it's simplest just to make everybody vaccinated. If we lose a few along the way, it doesn't bother him because he's about the collective. But he's even wrong about the collective, because the thing is, is the kids get this. The death rates about as the same as the flu. It's terrible. Obviously, if it's your child, it's about the same as the flu as this spreads throughout children, they're actually helping the rest of us. They're not hurting us. The vaccine's out there for people at risk and people who want to get vaccinated, but as it spreads through children, they're actually building up immunity for the community. The vaccine will kind of do this, but there is a danger to the vaccine that it hasn't been studied yet in people who have already had COVID. They excluded people who had COVID from the studies because they messed the studies up because they've already got immunity. So, uh, I think uh, for my kid, and they had COVID, I wouldn't vaccinate them, you know.
0: Quick break. More with senator ram paul on the other side then your calls 800-941 sean if you want to be a part of the program all right we continue with senator ram paul who just was a total beatdown of anthony fauci earlier today in my mind and you if you disagree with me you're also a medical doctor I should point that out but and and you re, you have not gotten vaccinated you have natural immunity you cite the israeli study for example and I know you're following the science very closely on all of this but there the issue of vax or not vax people i think have made up their mind there's nothing dr fauci or joe biden or kamala harris are going to say at this point that will convince people now we have nurses firemen policemen first responders military personnel, they have made a decision, for whatever reason, we're not debating vax, don't vax. they have made the decision that they're willing to give up their salary, give up their career, give up their benefits, give up even their retirement that they've worked hard for, um, because they feel so strongly about it. Is there anything that can be done by Republicans in the Senate to stop, especially all of those... Those nurses, for example, they worked in a Petri dish at the worst moments of this, diving on one COVID grenade after another. And many of them got COVID as a result, but they don't want to get the jab for whatever reason.
2: It's an absolute disservice to the heroism of the nurses and doctors who took care of us for a year and a half. And you know, you don't know what it's like. After I had COVID, I worked in the hospital and there was fear in the eyes of some of the nurses and doctors who hadn't had it yet and the elaborate precautions they were doing to try to keep getting it. But a lot of them still got it. A lot of them survived and have immunity. And what a disservice to tell them, Mo, oh, your immunity doesn't count. Only immunity from a vaccine counts. But I think one way you could get some hesitant people to do it, and this is my recommendation. Make it voluntary. And then say to your workforce, if you've got 2,000 uh, pilots and you're the head of Southwest Airlines, say to your pilot, you know what, we're going to have a voluntary program. If you'd like to be tested to see if you have immunity to it, to see if you had COVID previously, you can test and we'll give you an idea of it. And it may be that some of them test and find out they don't have immunity, and they say to their local doctor, well, uh, you know, now that it looks like I don't have immunity, maybe I will go ahead and get the vaccine. People will come around through persuasion, talking to their family doctor, but a lot of people are resistant, and our resistance becomes more hardened the more you try to force us to do something that's not our idea.
0: Well, I think also they've gotten so much wrong, every model, every prediction. You know, Dr. Fauci, oh, a mask isn't going to help. Then it's one mask, then it's two masks, then it's masks in perpetuity, then it's vax or mask. Now it's vax mask booster, then another booster. I mean, it just it changes. They, the bar keeps shifting every day. And the hesitancy, I would argue, is created uh, in large part by them for being right. so wrong so often. And people now have built up a a natural distrust of what they say because it keeps changing every day. And that's the same with the CDC and the NIH. You get the last 20 seconds, sir. The
2: fact that Dr. Fauci won't acknowledge that an 80-year-old is 10,000 times more likely to die than a 10-year-old makes us doubt his other words because he's not being honest about the difference in age groups. That, That dishonesty then breeds more hesitancy. So really, this is at the foot of Dr. Fauci.
0: Uh, you've done a great job. Today was an epic moment, Senator Rand Paul. Thank you for being with us. Appreciate you uh, always joining us. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, your calls are coming up next. Quick break. Right back.
2: day to remember the
0: forgotten man
2: this is the sean Hannity show
0: i right, 25 to the top of the hour eight hundred nine four one 941 sean you want to be a part of the program the media has been in this complete meltdown mode as a result of, of what happened tuesday and you know and, and it's just it's it's mind numbing to look at where they go when you have Republican minority candidates flourishing and and you see the the Republican tent getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And and I'll be the first to predict. I think Herschel Walker will be elected a senator from the great state of Georgia uh, as a Republican. And and, for example, we had on uh, Winsome Sears last night, the first African-American Lieutenant governor in Virginia's history. And and man, what a powerful interview we had with her on TV last night. But that's not where the media goes. The media, just like the Democratic Party, they know one. They have one pitch. They have one playbook. Republicans are racist and sexist and misogynist and homophobic and xenophobic and Islamophobic and now transphobic. And they want dirty air and water. And they want... Uh, Grandma and Grandpa to eat dog food and cat food for a year before a Republican leader has the time to put them in a wheelchair and throw them over a cliff. It's their only playbook. That's all they've got. And uh, the 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 fact that Winsome Sears had take this took this argument apart last night was very powerful. But that's not stopping the mob, the media, from blaming race for the results in virginia how do you then explain all of these uh, all the minorities that won in virginia on tuesday night makes no sense but it doesn't change their their narrative their lie their playbook that would actually take some real thought on their part and they're not capable of it
3: the coronavirus, or that the virus—it was a very low not salience. importance to many yes, of the voters. There. Was it was education, right. which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. I think that the the real ominous thing is that critical race theory, which isn't real, turned the suburbs. 15 points we also see the enduring power of the culture wars and the republicans are better at playing this game because it's essentially white identity politics that works for republicans
2: crt is in the latest line of school busing cross-town busing um
3: welfare queens you have it is in that same it's in that same line and you saw it in the in the results in virginia some of it was Dog whistle, yeah, right. Some of it was uh, ra- dog whistle racism, a thousand percent. But- so they just
0: ignore it all. Now, the most ironic thing that you heard there was it's like school busing. Well, the only candidate in the country that worked with and partnered with a former Klansman to stop integration of schools and and busing was Joe Biden, partnering with the former Klansman Robert Byrd, and and that is his legacy. How ironic that 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 was brought up as part of this. Anyway, here's uh, Winsome Sears from last night.
3: I am not even first-generation American. When I joined the Marine Corps, I was still a Jamaican. But this country had done so much for me. I was willing, willing to die for this country. And so I say to you, victory indeed, but I I say to you there are some who want to divide us and we must not let that happen. They would like us to believe we are back in 1963 when my father came. We can live where we want, we can eat where we want, we own the water fountains. We have had a black president elected not once, but twice. And here I am living proof.
0: So if you if you want a longer term strategy for Republicans and it, it this has got to be built in on in, in sincerity, number one, it is. It has got to be their mission and their understanding that it makes for a better country. Um, so the whole narrative gets blown out of the water by by. Winsome Sears, and uh, and she'll be joining us on this radio program soon. But Stephanie Cutter said something last night. Very interesting comment. She worked with Hillary Clinton. Uh, we better not let the Republican Party become the party of parents in America.
2: And the one thing that we need to make sure that uh, Republicans in 2022 don't become is the party of parents. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we need to be the party of parents. And and we are. We're the ones that care about school funding. We're the ones that care about making sure that parents can send their kids to school uh, because they have jobs to go to.
0: They're not the party for parents. They're the party that has been co-opted by high dollar amounts from the teachers' unions. Now, for Republicans, what this means is this is an opportunity. I've always talked about 2016 being the election about the forgotten men and women in this country. For far too long, Democrats have used this old playbook of theirs, and, and we have chronicled with the ads and the James Byrd ad and the 98, 1998 uh, radio ad Missouri. If you elect Republicans, black churches are going to burn, and Al Gore, Republicans got the wrong agenda for African Americans. They don't even want to count you in the census. Uh, it's Hillary Clinton, it Just it's every election season. But now, if the Republican Party... Because of their policies, if they do stand up for parents that care about age appropriate materials being taught in school, if they do stand up for parents that want kids to learn reading, writing, math, science, computers and and not focus on woke and and critical race theory and such issues. If the Republican Party can couple that with a commitment and a mission, and that is to go into blue states, to go into blue cities, to go into the areas that have the most violence, like Chicago and and New York City, and give parents choice in education and guarantee law and order and safety and security, then there can be a realignment, and the new Republican Party will emerge, and it's a party that looks out for working men and women in this country, for minorities in this country, and they're there to solve the problems that Democrats have been promising to solve for decades and have, have achieved nothing but failure. What has happened to the school system in, in most inner cities, in most blue states run by Democrats for decades, and, and cities run by Democrats for decades, is they have decimated the educational system. And they've done it for their own selfish, greedy need for money to run elections. And that's the unholy alliance with the teachers unions. Solve that problem. I create safe cities. We know how to do it. Rudy showed us in New York. Then the Republican Party will be a new Republican Party for working men and women, forgotten men and women, for minorities in America. And they will be doing their job. And that is to be public servants. There's no reason America should spend more per capita per student on education than any other industrialized country and then come in 37th and 40th in terms of, of reading and, and mathematics proficiency. You you can't fail at a more spectacular level than that. You can't have 13 public high schools in Baltimore like we currently do and, and per capita. They're the second highest spending city in the country per student. And not have a single child proficient in reading and math. You cannot, it is, I, you, you can't even design failure on that level. Anyway, eight hundred nine four one 941 if you want to be a part of the program. Jane is in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Jane, glad you called. Well, that was a political earthquake. Thank you all in Virginia.
4: Thank you. Thank you. We're so thrilled. Sean, I just want to say this really quickly. Republicans better
0: deliver. Well, I mean, this is phase one. I said this yesterday. One year from now, it's going to be the morning after Election Day, and Republicans will hopefully have taken back the House and taken control of the Senate. It's not an easy task. It's easier in the House, I believe, than it would be in the Senate. In the Senate, that means we're going to have to run the table. Florida is in play. Herschel Walker, Georgia. Uh, then we got South Carolina. Tim Scott, I, I, I think he'll have a pretty easy race. North Carolina. Then we have New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Ohio, Nevada, and Arizona. Every single solitary swing state that will matter in 2024, we have a bellwether Senate race. So it's a yes. year from now. If we accomplish those two things, then we now pave the way for a resurgence in the country and and stop dead in its tracks this failed new green deal, radical socialism, open borders, energy dependence, uh weakness abroad. It can all come to an end.
2: Yes indeed. Thank you so much for taking my call, Sean.
0: Appreciate you being out there. Thank you. Quick break right back to our phones, 800 941 Sean. You want to be a part of the program. new Gingrich at the top of the hour will get his take on what happened on Tuesday, the Democrats' reaction and what the next steps are. Eight uh, hundred nine four one. Sean is our number. Um, listen. All right, back to our busy phones. Uh, Dennis, Idaho. Next, Sean Hannity show. What's up, Dennis? How are you?
4: Great, Sean. Pleasure to speak with you. Long-time listener.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you, sir.
4: Yesterday on your show, you were talking about uh, the financial systems and the government overreach. And I experienced this just recently. I won't go into the long story, but my son had uh, relocated to the East Coast, and I paid for his relocation fees until the company reimbursed him. So he got reimbursed about a week ago and we're on each other's accounts. So when I went to the bank to transfer the money to my account, they started, you know, looking in the computer and pushing buttons and then the manager had to come over and it wasn't a great deal of money. It was like $9,000. So finally they got to the point, they asked me, well, what's the money for? And I said, excuse me.
0: But, by the said, way, well, this the is your money we're talking about, right? What's yeah, the money my for? Money. Right? Yeah, our
4: money and our accounts. And and I've been with this bank since 1971, even though they've been sold six times. So I'm not a new customer. And they said, well, the government wants to know what it's for. I said, well, go ahead and type in and tell them it's none of their business.
0: Wow. Good for you. What What happened?
4: Uh, they, they finally made the transfer, and that's I haven't heard anything more, but I thought it was ironic that they're already asking, what are you going to do with your own money?
0: You know, I just i am old school, and I still like to carry cash. Uh, my, my security <laughs> team was Me not too. particularly <laughs> happy that I've been saying this on air, but I'm just old school. And when I take out yeah. money, I take out a large sum of money. And I do it on purpose because I want them to see it. And yeah. everything – look – Everything I do anyway, if you're in the public eye and you're a conservative, you just have to assume that you're a target. I've always known that I'm a target. So we dot every I, we cross every T, we assume they're looking at everything and we do nothing wrong. That, that, that is the best way to go through life. Um, I don't have one accounting firm, but then I hand it off to my lawyer that hands it off to his accounting firm to double check on my taxes there There have been instances for whatever reason uh, i've I've needed more cash than usual. you actually they don't even have the money in the bank. you have to order it. Did you know that?
4: Yeah, you know, at certain amounts you have to call ahead of time. you're correct.
0: you have to you have to set up an appointment and and I laugh and I, I I just don't even know what to say about it. They are probably monitoring way more than we think. and the only thing I would say this probably won't change my life. But it's gonna. You're the rest of the country's gonna start getting the Hannity treatment, and it's it, it's a not a comfortable feeling knowing that the government is looking over every aspect of your life. And if they're looking at a six hundred dollar transaction or ten thousand dollars a year or or more, they can pretty much figure out every aspect of your life. And they're doing it because they have this insatiable appetite to spend and and advanced the cause of bigger and bigger government. It's intrusive. I'll give you the last word. Good for you.
4: Yeah, Sean, I'm like you. I'm old school, too. I, you know, I like to have cash in my pocket and spend the cash. The, the one smart thing I did is I lived in California, Southern Cal, most of my life. I moved to Idaho here two and a half years ago, and I found the promised land.
0: Well, uh, I have a lot of friends that have moved to Idaho for a lot of different reasons. Not the least of which is to get the hell out of the big cities. And I really don't blame you. It sounds like you're happy. Um, pretty amazing indicator. We, you know, w- w- the government wants to know what you're using the money for. Great answer. None of your damn business. Anyway, appreciate it, Dennis. 941 Sean. I think we, if we gave out prizes, he'd get the prize of the day, right? I mean, that's a pretty good line. Quick break. Right back.